The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 149. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing today? I'm okay. Um, I got a pimple. I think I, I said this on the, on the Patreon one. Uh, it, it got to a point where it was so swollen I couldn't see out of my eye. That's not, how, how does that happen? I don't know. I've had pimples before, and they've never done that. This one is just like a next-level pimple, like Mega Boss pimple, right, coming out of my cheek, uh, right beside my nose. I, I've put stuff on to make it go away. It's almost like it sucked up all the medicine I was putting on it. Like, ha, 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 I'm just going to be worse now, loser. <laughs> Not good. So. It's just uh, a beef with you against the pimple, it seems like. Maybe this is the last pimple I'll ever get, right? And like all the the, the acne left in my body is like, screw this guy one last time. We screwed <laughs> his high school. Now as a thirty six year old, he's going down again. <laughs> one last hurrah before the, before it ditches out. I, I guess so. That's where I'm at. What's going on with you? The beef with the fireworks continues, Mitch. It was going off right before we went on. I have the windows closed because it was much warmer today than it was last week. So the AC's on, but it was pretty loud through the windows too. So if they start up again, we might hear uh, some accompanying fireworks. I don't how like how expensive like fireworks aren't cheap, man. To like throw those out like that constantly, where the hell are people getting that money? I don't know, man. There's a lot of conspiracy theories going around with these fireworks. It seems like you're not the only one. Now that everyone's home or stuck in a home and not traveling around, I suppose, everyone is hearing these fireworks people because they've been around forever. This isn't a new thing. They've been around forever. You're just you're finally home, I guess, not just yourself, but others on the Internet commenting about it. You're finally home to hear it, I suppose. Could be. Absolutely could be. So that's pretty much it. So we're going to do the same gimmick as usual, right? We're going to wait for the quiz to find out what edition it is? That is correct. All right. So put a pin on that. We're going to get you in a little bit, about a half hour or so before we get into that. But let's start with uh, some big news to to us anyway. The Belmont renderings continue to come out, and this week was a big week for that. We got some new renderings that the official Islanders account tweeted out today, which uh, that shows that is pretty legit. And on top of that, we got some details on what the arena is going to be like. So it's important stuff. 
Oh, it, it, absolutely. And it just continues the hype train, right? Like, Lou oh, yeah. started it kind of last week saying, like, it's going to be, the atmosphere is just going to be like the Coliseum, everyone. And already people are going, yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not. It, it really isn't. This is him, like, managing expectations upwards, right? Is building up this hype. And I don't blame him for doing that. That's what he's got to be. He's got to be the Flava Flav to Chuck D., for the Islanders, right? Like that's that's his role is. He's just he's just in the background going like, "Yep, fight the power." Just in a big necklace, like a big clock, is he's what Lemerol is wearing. Yeah, he's the hype man. Yeah, and that's what he's doing here with with Belmont, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, but it, it's working, man. It, it's working, and we had that before getting into. So they've got a newsletter coming out, right? With constant updates with Belmont. Yeah, I've signed up just in case oh, I don't want to miss something, even though I'll rarely go. Um, and, and they've got more details, not only the renderings, but more details. And I, I, maybe you want to get into the renderings first before we get into the details, just because it's more fun to speculate about how it's going to be based off of pictures. Yeah, for me, some of my biggest takeaways is it does it does remind me of the racetrack with how it's structured. It has a very like old timey retro feel. And I really I like that a lot. There's a lot of brick. A lot of high archways and stuff like that. I I think it's fitting to the aesthetic where they're located. Right. It doesn't look like a typewriter or it doesn't look like it landed from Planet Xenu or something like that. (laughs) Right. So like at least there's that going on. It does. It fits with the aesthetic, which I'm sure is is, is pleasing to the neighborhood at least. Yep. Kind of. Uh, And it is pleasing for us. Uh, for me, it's there's no mistake that the Islanders play there. and yeah. There shouldn't have been ever, but we know that when they were at, in Brooklyn, there was a big, like, oh, do they actually play here? Am I at the right place? Like, you, you, they would scan your ticket. You'd walk in going, like, if it weren't for, like, the 10 people around me wearing an Islanders jersey, I wouldn't know this was an Islanders building. I would have no idea. No, that's a, that's a great point because the Barclays Center, well, one, wasn't built for the Islanders, but it, it took them a little bit to get – adjusted to the Islanders playing there and this is all it's going to be all about the Islanders which is phenomenal and you know something else I saw for the first time in one of these renderings where they have the four Stanley Cup banners they have like the pictures behind it too and that looks really cool yeah and they're not small little pictures right like they take up a huge chunk of space like behind section 300 Man, if it's section 329 and all those banners are there, that would be perfect. It would really be perfect. Yeah. And so it's a picture of every cup, right? So you got, mm-hmm. like, Nystrom being corralled by Tonelli after the goal. Uh, I think Podfain lifting the cup after number two. I forget the third one. And the fourth one is, is Trottier, like, like fist-pumping the crowd after winning the fourth one. Um, that, and that's just wild. And there's no mistake. If, if for some reason you have no idea that the Islanders colors are blue and orange, if you get into the arena and you look up and you see those pictures, you're going to go like, ah, yes, the Islanders play here. Right. And that that's such a key thing because, as we mentioned, sometimes teams overlook that stuff. Like, yes, the Islanders weren't necessarily planning on playing at the Barclays Center when that thing was built. But even the Mets, when they built their new stadium at City Field, it took about three years. So 2009 is when it opened, and they made a bunch of adjustments. And then, like, 2012 is when it finally, like, hit its stride. They changed the walls to blue instead of black. They added more, like, the Mets Hall of Fame and stuff like that. And sometimes it, it takes a little bit, but it seems like the Islanders aren't going to have that, which is obviously a leg up. 
Right, exactly. Like they they've done their due diligence, right? Like we've heard it all before. Like we when we even before Belmont was a shovel was in the ground, the owners went around to multiple arenas and sat with people and talked about it and planned this out. It wasn't just like we need a place, boom, throw up whatever, put an RFP or something together for whatever architect can build us something and let's pick the coolest design. No, no, they really planned this out and decided the things that they wanted that would be more conducive to a pro- to the product that they're trying to sell, which is hockey. And so kudos to them. It seems like it's, so far it's going well uh, with, with the things that they're talking about and, and things that they're going to have. Of course, like you said, it's not always going to be perfect as of no. day one. There's going to be adjustments like where do they put the, hockey, the the Islanders Hall of Fame, like the plaques that they have in the Coliseum. How do they make sure they, they really make that transition uh, seamless to make it seem like it's not just like we're ditching the Coliseum. Screw that place. You know, you, you've got to make... A a, co- uh, a what's the word I'm I'm looking for? I want to say cohesive, but it's not the word that I, I, I really want to use. Either way, you know what I'm trying to say: a seamless transition from one to yeah. the other, and pay the the respect that they need to to the former barn, right? Where where all of these huge memories took place. You can't forget that. And so how they bring that in is going to take some time. And I think that's the one thing that they won't get right because that's not an easy thing to get. No, it's not it's not an easy thing to get. But if they are able to get that early on, that could make all the difference in the world. Oh, that would be huge, right? If they they nail that too, you're going like, guys, you thought of every you did everything right. And even if there's a little, you know, a little mistake here or there, like we're not we're not going to lose our minds. The scoreboard's going to be centered. All the banners are going to be there. Uh pfft, hopefully they don't do something crazy with the goal horn, I guess. Uh there's no black jersey even though I kind of like it. <laughs> And, um, yeah, it, the ice is going to be great. So, already, we're off to a good start. That's a huge plus. Hopefully, no PVC piping. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, man, if they did, that'd be the very Islanders. Like, oh, whoops, we overlooked that part. <laughs> I doubt it. No, no. That, that'll be, no, there's no way. No shot. Although, they, they do talk about that, right? I think they talk about that in the, like, what are the key features for the new arena? Uh, I'm trying to find the list. I had it, uh, but I'm scrolling back here to find it. So you give me a second. I have it here. They don't talk about the ice itself. So, uh, okay. so here are the, some of the key features that we didn't talk about in the actual rendering. So 17,000 seats. That's great. Um, great sight lines for hockey. A loud and intimate. Uh, so there you go for all, all the, the Coliseum fans out there. Uh, great sight lines is, is is huge. Like If you look at the renderings, you don't really. there's no obstructed views. That's for damn sure. Right. Uh, they say highest resolution. Sorry, highest resolution scoreboard in New York for indi- ideal viewing in the bowl. So, like, if you're at the bottom in, in the the, uh, the hundred section, you can still see it properly. That's uh, great. Ideally, they will have replays, so that will help too. Also, huge. <laughs> Right. They talk about the LIR station with direct service in Manhattan uh, through Grand Central and Penn Station and plenty of parking they, they put there. Although if we'll be allowed to tailgate is another question. I think you I think we'll be OK because you're not really technically supposed to tailgate at the Coliseum either. Yeah, I, I think they will turn a blind eye to that because like enforcing it will be a nightmare and it will be awful for the fan base so like why would you do that and it's not like the, the the parking lot as far as i understand it's not direct like at the coliseum right it's not on top of the, the building it's going to be a little distance away from the actual uh belmont arena if i'm not mistaken right um i would imagine so i think it would be very tough to have it right on it'd be a little bit of, it's going to be a little bit of a walk to get over there 
Right, which makes it a little bit more, you know, plausible, right? Like, if people are, are hanging out and having drinks ahead of time, they're not standing right in front of the doors. They're a little off to the side, but they're still there, right? So I, I think that'll be a lot easier to do. Uh, they have two outdoor terraces open to all guests. Like which that. They, they have renderings of terraces uh, uh, that they just released, and there's, like, a bar there, I, I guess, or at least a little a little place where you can get some food. But... I don't know how, what you're going to really do there in like the main months of hockey, right? Like it's still cold on Long Island from November through to March, right? True. Maybe that'll act, uh, maybe not. I was going to say maybe that'll act as like a smoking section. Well, that's what I said on our newscast on the patron, PS, patron.com slash eyes on Isles to sign up for all our content there. But um, just got to throw that in. Um, that's what I was kind of going with. Like, I guess that's a smoker section, but that wouldn't technically be open to all guests, right? It, it would be. You can go there if you want, but like non-smokers aren't going to be like, let's walk into that cloud, might as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's um, that's a uh, that's a good point. With obviously, you know, uh, Long Island weather between November and early March, you're not going to want to be out there, which is a good chunk of the season, but. I think they're kind of planning for the around the year events, like when there's going to be concerts and stuff over the summer. So that'd be nice too. Yeah, or playoff hockey. That too. Mm-hmm. Wink. But you're you're right though. It's more more so for the like the summer concerts, right in June and July, August. Yeah, I would think so. so. Uh, they then have eight bars with views of the ice. So if you're waiting in line, you're going to still be able to see everything, whereas you can't do that at the Coliseum. Like. You have to look up at the small little TVs they've got stationed everywhere. Um, so that's huge. More restrooms per person than any arena in Metro New York. Don't worry. You will be able to pee and get back to your seat within 10 minutes, guys. All right. Just That's what they're saying here. Just a full exclamation, all caps. Don't worry. We have enough bathrooms. Yeah, that's a huge thing. And obviously at the Coliseum, that's one of the biggest complaints. It's a little bit better at the Barclays Center, but there's still some lines there. So if they could even, you know, improve on that, that'd be great. I remember for the JT game, it wasn't too bad in terms of the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first game that I went, the the, the game against uh, Columbus, I yeah, believe, yeah. yeah, in December, that was tough. I remember I wasn't ready. The first time I'd gone to see a game at the Coliseum, I wasn't ready for it. Uh, I left with five minutes remaining in the first period, and I didn't get back to like five minutes remaining in the second period. And I got up for a, a bathroom and a beer. That's all I did, and uh, I missed a lot of the game. Yeah, that I think you made the uh, the bad decision to try and do both in one trip. Yeah, <laughs> it was a bad call by me. But I, I normally I would stop to get like some of the, the guys selling beers not at the stands, but mm-hmm. I've had issues with that in the states. Again, I'm Canadian, so like I don't have American ID, and so they don't take my passport or my driver's license. So then I just end up having to go back in the line anyway. So like that's where I got screwed. Gotcha. Uh, they say uh, unique performing uh, premium offerings like the Spotlight Club, where you'll be able to view the team tunnel, so you can see the players going Ooh. on and off the ice. That's pretty cool. That's almost like at the Cowboys Stadium where they have like the glass right there when they walk out. Yeah, I like so that a lot. I think Edmonton has that. The Rangers have that as well. That's so. True. That's huge. It's really just bringing them, back, bringing them into the modern era, right? Mm-hmm. Um, safe standing section. Okay, cool, good. Like, just to mean that you're not going to be crammed in like sardines is what they're trying to say there. Right. Uh, dedicated New York Islanders team store. 
of course. Important. Yep. Uh, I would hope so. And state of the art training facility, so they'll they'll have something on uh, on location. Uh, and ten thousand, approximately ten thousand new construction jobs, and approximately two thousand nine hundred permanent jobs will be created. So that's, that's great, great. Uh, economically. So. So far, so good for, for Belmont. And, of course, we're super hyped. Uh, regardless, even without this information, we'd be super hyped. Yeah, but the more and more that comes out, the more I'm itching for it. Like, every time a new picture gets put out there, I want it that much more. Yeah, and, and they're confident, right? Like, the first thing in the FAQ is, when is Belmont Park Arena opening? Belmont Park Arena will open for the 2021-22 NHL season. Will not scheduled will. Yeah, no, they they are very confident that this thing's gonna be good to go, which is great. I I, I love that. Yeah, let's go. I'm all in, man. I'm all in. This is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's gonna be. Uh, it's definitely gonna be unbelievable. And uh, like like I said, each piece of new information we get out there, I'm I'm like a fiend. I just can't get enough of it. Every day, I need these Belmont updates. Yeah, I, I just need to see it, and then when it's done. Oh, I can't wait till it's done. And it's not long, right? 2021. Or, no, sorry, 2122 is when it opens. That's one more year. We have one more year to go, and it's done. Yeah, I mean, like a year from now, you got to imagine that it'd be pretty close, right? If it's expected to open for... Well, I, I obviously, we know that the season's going to be pushed back a little bit, but you'd have to imagine that they're planning for it to be ready for October of 2021. Yeah, exactly, right? So, man, oh, I can't wait. Oh, boy. I want to move on and talk about the uh, Buffalo Sabres and how the Islanders can uh, take advantage a little bit. Absolutely. All right, we're going to get into how the New York Islanders can take advantage of the Buffalo Sabres and their rebuild right after this. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson with you talking Islanders hockey. And uh, Mitch, the Buffalo Sabres fired everyone last week. And uh, by everyone, we mean like pretty much anyone who was involved in the front office. Just about everyone except for one IT guy who did get fired and then rehired. I guess he had all the passwords or knew how to set up the printers or something like that. So they're like, oh, God, no, no, we need you. We, how do we get through the firewall? So they brought they brought IT guy back. Um, but everyone else, get out, get out today. Yeah, that that's rough. So uh, it, it looks pretty evident that the Buffalo Sabres are going to do a much needed rebuild because they've been kind of spinning the tires pretty much since I think the last time they made the playoffs was 2011. It's been since you were a baby. I'm going to just go with that. <laughs> no, come on. I'm not that young. <laughs> Close. I'm not that young. That's uh, true. Um, so I wrote something this past week that we're going to get into a little bit. And the reason why I, I thought that the Islanders could potentially take advantage of the Sabres uh, situation is because they're going to look to get in you know, younger, more affordable pieces and – I think the Islanders could potentially be able to pry someone like Sam Reinhardt out of Buffalo. Oh, okay. That's how do, how are we getting to that? Walk me through your process to get the Sam Reinhardt coming. I'm all in. I'm all in. Just tell me how we got there. Okay. So in this game, I'm going to assume that because we got to worry about Barzal, Pulak, and Taze signing contracts as well. So Sorokin I'm, even possibly. Maybe even Sorokin. Exactly. So I'm going to say Barzal's going to sign for a 9 million AAV. 
Pulak for five and a half and Taze for four and a half. So okay. For a sure. combined nineteen million, I think between yeah. the three of them is probably pretty fair. We can probably squabble about the the cost here, but like I'm I'm not gonna like oh, I would say I'll make three and a half for Taze. It, we can squabble about that, but that's not important here. Okay. No, I'm trying cool. to get rough estimate numbers, so about nineteen million for the three. Gotcha. Um, what I am giving up. So the Islanders don't have a pick in the first two rounds this year, and they don't have their second-round pick next year, which makes things a little bit difficult. So if you're trading for a Sam Reinhart, I think you're going to have to – or what what I gave up was Anthony Beauvillier and Kiefer Bellows. And the reason, okay. for, and the reason for that – is because you also have to start freeing up some cap space on yourself. And Anthony Bovillier is about, what, $2.1 million or something like that? For That's Bo. right. And Kiefer Bellows, just they, they might not have a forward spot for him because they are looking to improve the top six, and they seem very reluctant to give those younger guys any kind of playing time. So it's a lot, yes, but you're getting a much improved player. Anthony Bavillier was on pace for 47 points this year. Reinhardt was on pace for his second 60-point season in a row. So you're getting a significant upgrade there. Um, And then obviously after that, you're going to have to go about trying to free up space by getting rid of guys like Johnny Boychuk uh, and Andrew Ladd. And uh, from there, you could very – it'll be a tight squeeze, but you could make it work. Okay, so we know that you can make the space to bring him in. So you're saying that because they've they've fired everyone, they're looking to move uh, like not only people off the roster, uh, sorry, people in management positions and front office positions, but as well as people on the roster itself. I definitely think so because I mean, how many times can they just continue to try and run back the same thing and and it's not working? And I'm not saying you got to get rid of Jack Eichel. That's not that's not true, but. By moving on from someone like Reinhardt, who I believe is going to be 26, and you'd be signing up for Beauvillier and, and, and Bellows in my trade proposal, which is Bo's, what, 22, and Bellows is 21. So you're mm-hmm. getting two younger potential top six pieces, and you're losing out on one. So in the right now, yeah, that hurts. But if you're trying to build for two years down the line, maybe you're better off with a Bellows and Beauvillier rather than just one of Sam Reinhardt. Yeah, uh, that makes sense to me. And like the Buffalo Sabres aren't the only team to go through this kind of systemic rebuild, right? Whereas it's not necessarily a rebuild only on the ice, but a rebuild off the ice as well. Like the Toronto Maple Leafs did it when Brendan Shanahan came in. While it's not necessarily the same situation, like the Buffalo Sabres don't have a new president coming in. Mm-hmm. It's just the owner saying, like, we need to clean house, I think. Well, we'll see. Like, it seems like the Pagulos are doing that, but, like, they could just be, like, trying to save some money. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're clearing house, and the Toronto Maple Leafs did that back in 2015, and that's when they started shipping out players, right? Like, Phil Kessel gets traded July 1st, 2015, just a couple of months after to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then you got... Uh, other moves after that, Dion Phaneuf leaves. And it's not to say that Dion Phaneuf is a great player, but he was still a top player. He was the captain, right, for the Toronto yep. Maple Leafs. He yep. was still one of their top players. Phil Kessel was definitely their top player. And uh, Steve Simmons technically ran him out of town. We'll get back to Steve Simmons in a bit. Uh, and Phil Kessel got his revenge on Steve Simmons. Uh, but 
there's precedent here when you have a, a clean sweep like that in-house that that technically not technically but that could then lead to a clean out on the roster and they don't want to move Sam Reinhardt but like they've got to do something because they're not winning and not only do they have Jack Eichel getting into like what five years now in the NHL they've got Rasmus Dahlin now two years in the NHL that's a number one and number two pick that are just kind of like guys we can't win here what the hell are we doing right you would like those two guys I would say are for sure are untouchable you keep those guys around and you build around those two but anybody else on that roster who could have any kind of value I'm looking to move and yeah maybe for the next year in 2020-2021 you stink again but then you have another top five pick and then a year after that, maybe you are starting to look a little bit more competitive and then playoffs like two or three years down the line. Right. And like they're not they are terrible because they, they keep losing. But like they, they have these runs where they're just dominant. Right. Like this year they went on a run early in the season. Dominant. Like I think they had a 10 game winning streak, didn't they? They do this or, every year, I feel like, at some point early in the season they do. Right? Like, this is two years now. It may not have been a 10-game win- winning streak this year, but I know last year it definitely was. Uh, this year, it's like eight games where they win or they win 12 out of like 14 or something like that. And, right. and even then, like, Eichel and crew were pumping the brakes early, saying, like, we're not getting ahead of ourselves because we re- remember what happened last year. Right, and but, then it happened like, again. There's quality there, but you're right. Like, they've got to make a move somehow. They've got to do something else because it's just not working. That that's the thing, and when you haven't made the playoffs for as long as they have, the pressure gets a little bit more and more. And and I know it's not. Yes, they play in New York, but Buffalo isn't the same market that Long Island, the Devils, or the Rangers are playing in. So it's not as much of pressure. But it's going on a decade without making making the playoffs. You can't just say, oh well, we're just gonna add to supplement what we have. We're gonna have another high pick again and see where it goes. I don't think it, it's going to work like that. I think you're going to have to clear some pieces out and you know reshuffle the cards a little bit. I'm not ever going to say that Buffalo isn't a a tough market. These people are willing to throw their bodies through tables on fire. Uh, so like, I I think I think it's a pretty hot market because they're still on fire from the table they just jumped through. <laughs> All right, I'll give you that. Bill's Mafia is pretty good. Uh, but I, I, you're right though. Like after a couple of years. Just three years anywhere. People are like, okay, let's start winning. These this team hasn't won at all, at all for like years. Ten? What was it? Twenty eleven? You said they did. Sure I'm pretty sure twenty eleven was the last time they made the playoffs. Let's bring it up. Buffalo Sabers seasons. Buffalo Sabers seasons. Good old Wikipedia. Not always trustworthy, but when it comes to this, it's pretty damn good. They last made the playoffs in 2011. They lost in seven games to the Philadelphia Flyers, finished with a 43-29-10 record for 96 points. Um, they haven't made it since, and they dropped off and kind of plateaued. You know, they have two sixth-place finishes in the Atlantic last two years, but, like, they haven't risen above that. They just haven't. Yeah. This is terrible. They need to do something. I, and maybe it's not trade. they need to trade Sam Reinhardt, but it's a... You would see something like this happen at this point of a of a retool where you've got to ship someone out. Look, the Calgary Flames are thinking of trading Johnny Gaudreau, a top five player in the league. Top five. If you think that Sam that Johnny Gaudreau could be had, Sam Reinhardt could also be had. Who isn't he also coming to the end of his contract? He yes, he's an RFA, so he needs a new deal. 
So already, why would you like, you're looking to reshape things and you've got a guy that's controllable, but you don't necessarily want to pay because you just paid, what's his name? Uh, uh, oh God, Jeff Skinner, $9 million yes. for some dumb reason. I forgot to mention, by the way, I, I signed uh, Reinhardt to a $6 million AAV extension. What was he making before that? Like three and a quarter or something? 3.6. Okay. Yeah, that that's a pretty damn good raise, right? Like, I would say it's worth it. You know, it's six to $7 million because we're talking about a 68-point player, I believe, which is the most he's put up in a season, Reinhardt? Uh, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Let's bring it up here. So Sam Reinhardt making 3.75, had 50 points this year. His highest total was 65 points last year. Uh, so we're we're looking at a 60-point a player, no less than a 50-point player at all. So 50 points in 69 games, nice. Divided by 69 times 82, we're looking at a 60-point player yet again. Exactly. On pace for 59.4, so like, you know, give him the one. Yeah, so back-to-back years of 60 points, I think, is can yield you a $6 million extension. And maybe Buffalo, because I'm looking at their their team. Who else is really a movable asset where you can get anything for Jeff, no one's trading for Jeff Skinner or Kyle Oposo. Both of those contracts stink. Wayne Simmons is a is going to be a free agent at the end of this year. Marcus Johansson, maybe, but he's hurt all the time, and he's not going to get you nearly anywhere close to what a Sam Reinhardt's going to get you. Brandon Montour, maybe? That That's all I can think. That's all I can think of is Brandon Montour. Yeah, it, it's really those two, Montour and well, Reinhardt. Rasmus Ristolainen, right? Like, he wants out. They don't want him there. So, like, he's getting traded already. We know that for a fact. Rasmus Ristolainen is getting traded. Uh, and he's worth something. Right-handed D, big kid, right? Like, 6'4", isn't he? Uh, yeah, he 6'4", is. 220. He's basically you. Yeah, he, yeah, pretty much. That's a big right. kid. Like, I'm six feet tall, and I was telling people on the, the Bar Down Breakdown podcast, like, you are, you are, you tower over me. That's how tall <laughs> I think you are. And you're only 6'4". A little bit, yeah. So uh, he he is a big kid on the ice. That'd be nice to go with uh, Scott Mayfield and the boys. <laughs> just just a line of six foot guys yeah. coming at you at the blue uh, line. I mean, we already we're already loaded at right handed D, so I don't necessarily think that uh, that's going to be the one to uh, go for. But I mean, if you look at that roster, there's th- three guys you can move to get like legitimate pieces back for. Exactly, right? So, like, they've got to make some moves. And they've got a kid coming up in Victor Olofsson that can step in for for Reinhardt, right? So, yeah, yeah, I would say that. And if he's available, the Islanders have to strike. They have to. I would ideally go for Johnny Gaudreau because he's a better player. But, like, if you can't get Gaudreau or the price is way too high, you can still get a pretty damn good player in Sam Reinhardt. The better Reinhardt. <laughs> right. The... um. The, yeah, obviously I'm with you. Goudreau would be number one, but if there was a, a second option a little bit below that, I think Reinhardt is probably the one that makes the most sense. Yeah, our friend Spiz is like, I've been telling you this for weeks. Yes, thank you, Spiz, as always, for planting the seed in my head. Yeah, good job by him. All right, so moving right along, we have Austin Matthews to talk about because unfortunately he – is the latest with COVID-19, and this is going to be a huge storyline for the next month or so as the NHL starts to get going because as safe and as careful as they want to be, I feel like there's no way to avoid these. There, There isn't. It's going to happen. It's just how can they limit it? And, and 
full disclosure, we both think that it's not a good idea to restart if you can't make it safe. Correct. But the NHL is hell-bent on starting this up, so like, all right, well, how can they make it safe? And they're, they're doing their best, I suppose. I don't know if it's, if it's good enough, um, but this isn't necessarily on the NHL because Phase 2 is still completely voluntary, right? Like, none of these players have to show up. No one is forcing them out to do so, yep. um, but they, they are going ahead and doing so. And, like, guys like Austin Matthews are out in Arizona where the cases are skyrocketing. Same thing in Florida, where you have Tampa Bay closing the facility, although I think it just reopened today, five days later, after 11 players and staff members, I think, combined, uh, tested positive for COVID-19. And that is yet in another state that's got like 2,000 plus cases per day. It's yeah, just right, wild. Right now, Arizona's a hotbed, um, Florida's a hotbed, and... Uh unfortunately that's that's going to happen and who knows with like for instance new york is going into phase three now and it continues to move along as things start to reopen who knows if there's going to be a a phase you know a a second wave of this thing right and that's what we all have to look out for that's what the nhl nhl is trying to mitigate by creating these bubbles right like making sure no one can get out um so We'll see if they're able to hold that. Uh, we, we haven't been able to test that on quite a large scale like the NHL has done um, or is trying to do. Right, like Baseball is about to start. Uh, although, I guess the Korean Baseball League is maybe a good example, right? Like They've had a few cases since they started playing, but I, I haven't really heard of any kind of... They're still playing, uh, so and I haven't heard of any kind of like huge outbreak. And, and even then, if it's Korea, they'll probably be right on top of it as well. Yeah, that that's true, and I think that that's a great point because they've been able to contain it, even if like like you said, a player gets it, they kind of handle it pretty well. And you'd hope that that would transition to the NHL over here, where if somebody does, God forbid, get it, they could just isolate that player, and because he's a professional athlete, ninety nine times out of a hundred, he's going to be fine after a couple of weeks. Where as if that unfortunately if it spreads to the rest of the to a big chunk of the team or to coaches or equipment managers then it could get a little bit more dangerous yeah because you got guys that are you know older right like i think even the youngest head coach is like what jeremy calton who's 42 or something like that like yeah most of these coaches are in their 50s yeah, and then what if the GMs go? I don't think the GMs will travel, but if they do, then you Lou, got Lou Lamarella at 77 Lou, years old. Lou can't go. No, we got to protect Lou, Lou at all costs. He can't be going to wherever the Islanders are playing. If he thinks he's going, we have to form a human barricade around his house that he not No, Lou, this we can't even do that. That would be adding more, <laughs> putting more risk. Yeah, somehow. Exactly. One of those like those hot yoga bubbles right over top of his house. Boom, done. You cannot move, Lou. We need you to stay, buddy. Yeah, we need you to stay put. We got more work to do after this year. We need you around. Exactly. So we'll we'll see where this goes. So far, phase three is not open. Phase three only starts July 10. So it's still a couple of weeks away. Right. Um, but with those cases, it is a little worrisome. Um, there, there's also the idea of, like we talked about Steve Simmons, just being an ultimate dick move in putting out personal medical information and then doubling down and be like, oh, what? I can't do that? What about Ezekiel Elliott? What about Donovan Mitchell? That was also wrong. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott, the first thing he said was like, uh, HIPAA rules. Uh, you can't really just do that. 
You can't do that. And Donovan Mitchell came out and said it on his own, right? He said, I tested positive for it. So it's, did, uh, yeah. what is he, the first Utah Jazz player? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure he was, yeah. Was it him the first one or wasn't there, there was another one? Anyways, doesn't matter. He still did. I, I'm just, I'm using these names as, the as example. an example, not only because of the Steve Simmons saying like, well, well, they did it. And it's my best Steve Simmons impersonation. It's still, it's terrible. But the province's Ed Mills, right? El, sorry, Ed Wills then comes out and says like, um, uh, I'm upset with my industry. Uh, that's the Steve, Steve Simmons saying that to Wills, mm-hmm. uh, saying that, uh, God, they're losing their where is it here we're losing our we're losing our place and the public is losing something in the bargain in terms of like not being able to find out this information about people this is not your information to know it is not it changes nothing you could say star toronto maple leafs player said to have covid19 and just end it at that you don't need to say which one it is and you're good but no steve simmons says like i have to say it's austin matthews we could have figured if you said a Toronto Maple Leaf player has contracted COVID-19. We know Austin Matthews is in Arizona, and we know Arizona has big cases. We don't need to know that Austin Matthews himself has it. We don't need to know that. That is not pertinent information at all, and it's just a big dick move, and now he's doubling down on it. Yeah, I, I really don't like that. That really it bothers me a lot because we see it all the time, like— I think it was Adam Schefter who covers the NFL a, a few years ago. Like he tweeted out someone's chart, like a picture of somebody's chart. Like how the heck is this stuff happening, man? We, there's it's there's a line you can't cross, and I feel like that's going way over the line. I like I thought that like the line was tweeting at Calvin DeHaan asking why he did a, ba- a no look back pass behind a net that resulted in a goal. I thought that was a line. I got told I got shut down hard, and I was like, all right, guys, learned my lesson. Meanwhile, Steve Simmons over here is like. Look, flipping through medical charts, looking for like, oh, he's got an infectious disease. Let's tweet it out, boy. Like, come on, Steve. Come on, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, my God. I I don't get it. I really don't get how they could think that. It's, I think it's because they got to be the first one on the story, right? God forbid somebody else gets it first. I don't know why an editor didn't do that. Like, we don't have editors. We, we, we're the guys, and we're, we were brand new at this, and I'm still, like, tweeting out at Calvin Hahn. I got spanked for it by DeHaan, so, like, we're good. But yeah, how but- does an editor let this roll? They later pulled the story, and Steve Simmons is still crying, like, ah, the Maple Leafs pulled it, so is Wills. The Maple Leafs, this is, they're, they're taking away the information that we're allowed to do. Like, it's huge Maple Leaf conspiracy. No, it's yeah. just a dick move, guys. You can't be doing that unless the player gives you consent. Don't put out personal medical information, even if they're in the public. But, like, it's different if it's Austin Matthews or, like, Donald Trump or uh, Justin um, Justin Trudeau. They're the leaders of the country. If they get sick, there's a problem politically in the country. If they die from it, there's a problem politically. It's different when it's Austin Matthews. The biggest impact there is like, oh, we may not be able to do training camp in Arizona. Like it's not world ending. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't. I don't. I really. I, I sound like a broken record here, but I don't understand why it's necessary to tweet out that he was the one who had it. All you, like you said, all you have to say is. One, uh, a Toronto Maple Leafs player tested positive for COVID nineteen today. That's it. That that's literally it. Yeah. Reach out to Austin. Like, hey, I I know I know you have it. I know you you tested positive for it. Do you want me to release that for you, and then we can make like work on it? No, he just went full on like. Hey. Just yeah. my God, unbelievable bad, that guy. What a jerk. 
Yeah, bad guy doing bad guy things. Yeah, he's already got dunked on once, right? Like Phil Kessel with the Stanley Cup having hot dogs in it. Just great move. Great move. Um, oh, man. What a bad dude. Anything else on uh, Austin Matthews? I, I, ideally, uh, obviously, I hope he gets better, and I'm sure he's fine. Um, but um, And then hopefully he can you know, not practice in Arizona right now. Or that the cases in Arizona go down, because that would be great, too, for people just living in Arizona. Exactly. Want to get into the quiz? Yes. So, with episode 149, so we've got a player who's played 49 games for the New York Islanders, Matt. The name of the game here is, I don't have a name, but essentially it's, I have a player in mind, or I wrote him down, and then I'm going to give you five guesses. They get progressively easier, and you have to tell me who the player is without me telling you. All right, let's see. So far, you're pretty good. I don't know if you're going to get this one, but we'll find out. Okay. I was born February 21st, 1973. Next. Yeah. The Isles traded me to Boston in a four-player swap on February 27th, 2012. Traded to Boston in 2012. Next. I played 1,256 NHL games and put up 761 points. Total. Do you want me to get you his Islanders numbers? I don't know if that'll help or make it worse, but I'll, I'll get you his Islanders yeah, let me numbers see, if you yeah, want. Yeah, let me see the... Yeah, I'll take it. Okay, sorry. I don't have the page up right now. <laughs> I'm trying to save my browser. Uh, with the Islanders, he played, well, again, 49 games, four goals, five assists for nine points. Okay. And that was much, much later in his career, right, in, in 2011-2012. We already know he was traded in 2012. Yeah, Okay. I won the cup in 1995 with the New Jersey Devils. It was my second year in the league. So we know he's been around the league for a while, since 95 all the way up to at least 2012. He's got 1,200 games, 761 points, a pretty damn good player, and only played 49 games for the Islanders. I don't know. Next. My name is Brian, or sorry, my first name is Brian, and I love to rollst on things. Brian Rolston? There you go. Okay. There you go. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I, I forgot I forgot that he was an Islander. He only played 49 games, so. It was 49 games in the 11-12 season, uh, and he was, again, traded to Boston, where he played 21 games, put up 15 points, which is almost double what he did with the Islanders in half the time. In half the time. Wow. That's impressive. I completely blocked that out that he was a member of the New York Islanders. I, I wouldn't be able to get these. I really wouldn't be able to get these. So like the fact that you, you were on a streak, right? Two for three or something like that? Or three I was on a, a heater. I think three the last three I got. So good job by you, man. All right. Absolutely. So when we come back, we're going to get into the social segment and what's going on on Isles Twitter. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Getting into the social segment now. Mitch, what do you got for us? So the first one comes uh, by way of Rob Tobb, who's uh, tweeting a screen grab of an article. I believe it's on Newsday where they talked to uh, Clark Gillies about the whole Nassau Coliseum thing. Mm-hmm. And he says, this is, a, this is coming from Gillies. This is a severe blow. Everybody who's looking forward to being back at the Coliseum, and now it's not likely going to happen. It is a real shame. I'm kind of speechless. It gets worse. I know the players hate the Barclays Center. Gilly says yeah. they were loving the Coliseum. It's a real mess right now. That's for sure. So 
They hate it. They hate it. I, I don't mind the Coliseum, but I, I get, like, if you don't have to commute all the way into Brooklyn from, I don't know, Manhasset, I think. Is that where they live? I'm, Most, I'm just throwing out, like, names. I was going to say no. Massapequa, even. Massapequa, probably not. Um, Smithtown. Man- that's one, right? Yeah. Uh, usually Garden City, Manhasset's big. Uh, Smith Smithtown, I'd be surprised if people are out in Smithtown, but... Yeah, it, it, it'll take a while to get into uh, Brooklyn from there. So I, I get why they, they don't like it necessarily, again, because the Coliseum is an option, but they hate it. But um, we'll see going forward, right? You have a tw- I think you have something coming up that will kind of shed a little bit more light on this. Yeah, so this one's from uh, News 12, and it was saying that Laura Curran was in an interview with uh, on 1010 Winds, saying that she's having, quote, very important big conversations to try to make it happen. She says Isles will play in Nassau County next season. Love it. There's, there's only one place in Nassau County that they could play. Is there? Couldn't they also go to Northwell? If there's no uh, if there's no fans, you mean? I guess. I don't know. That's still in, in I'm only saying that because I'm not actually sure if it's in Nassau. Yeah, it would be Nassau yeah. County, right? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Maybe these, she works that out, but sorry, I'm, I'm taking the wind out of your sail. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, Church I move. No, I guess if there is no fans, I mean, I technically they could play there. Technically, uh, but I think she was trying to imply the Coliseum, right? Yeah, I, th- that's that's how I interpreted it, but may, maybe who knows? Maybe who knows, but yeah, oh, that would be amazing. But you're right, like they, they own the land. No, sorry, they own the Coliseum, they being the county. And not one Exum or whatever you want to call it, Miguel Prokhorov's my yeah, company yeah. is uh, a terrible Russian accent. Um, anyway, so the county has a say, or at least can do something to kind of find him someone that could take it over, at least temporarily. Yeah, for one more year at least. That's all they need. Well, they would need it for longer because they want to sell it and develop it, obviously. But like, because that's what that's where the real money is on that on that property. But we shall see. Absolutely. Uh, my next one technically comes from Mike Milbury, and Ooh, it's it's okay. because it's a response to Mike Milbury. Okay. Let's and hear it. Uh, so Mike says Kevin Dupont at Glo- at Globe KPD, just old dude having to put someone's name instead of just his Twitter handle. Anyways, came out with a list of the best NHL players he's covered. Here are my top five, regardless of position in order: Mario Lemieux, good pick; Bobby Orr, good pick; Mark Messier, okay. Wayne Gretzky and then Martin Brodeur. I only say okay to Mark Mark Messi because Wayne Gretzky is the fourth player on this. Anyways, Mike says, read it and weep. Mike, Jesus Christ. Explanation to follow. And then this person at Thompson Cam says, don't bother. You're Mike Milbury. We saw your work with the Islanders. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) I don't know if this guy's an Islanders fan. Uh, he's from Charlton, South Carolina, so maybe not. Uh, but like, just slow clap, awesome burn. Mike did not follow this up. I, I, I as far as I can tell, I do Probably not see a follow up from Mike unless he had to do like another tweet instead of just you know continuing the chain. I would imagine he just kept going. I he probably read that reply, got pissed, and threw his phone in the pool. Yeah, <laughs> it's just done. Come on, like I, I, I'm fine with all of those players being in a list, but like. Wayne Gretzky being the fourth best player he's covered. What are you I, talking about, Mike? No, come on. He's got to be one. Um, I, I would settle for two. I would still put him one. 
But still, like, if you're going to put him two, okay, cool. Over Mario Lemieux first, cool. Even Bob Yor, you want to say that because you're a Boston guy because he played for Boston? I get it. Mark Messier? Great player, don't get me wrong, but he's absolutely a number four and not Wayne Gretzky. Yes, correct. I'm with you on that one. So just Mike being Mike right there. Classic. This ne- my last one's from uh, Arthur Staple. He says Uncle Leo, aka Isles Leo Komarov, is spearheading the effort to get the Finnish guys back. Otto Koivula is flying back with that group as well. So I got to give a hat tip to uh, our boy Leo Komarov. He's uh, really putting the work in trying to get the NHL players back to the states. So good for him. Got to make that three million dollars worth somehow. <laughs> this is true. Right, so so I don't know who else is there. I guess maybe Barkov, right? I think he's Finnish. Uh, I don't know who else is Finnish in the league. Sorry, sorry, Finns. I I don't I don't know your entire NHL population. I'm I'm with you. I can't really. I don't remember. Is um, I could be completely wrong. But isn't Oliver Wallstrom staying out there? He's in Sweden, so he might like you know hop over. Right, that's just a country over. Although I yeah. I don't know. I I don't know if people from Sweden can go over because Sweden is not having a good time right now. Okay. See, I I didn't even think of that, but good point. So there's that. He might have to do a full quarantine, but uh, he might want to get old. I keep checking uh, my Instagram to see if he tweets like, oh, I'm here, but he is not yet. I've got one from Peugeot, but I have not seen one from Wallstrom so far. But yes, I haven't Peugeot's... seen anything from him in a while, so maybe he's doing that, and he's just not saying anything. Maybe. Well, that'd be good. So... Uh, my last one here comes from my hometown, uh, and it's actually a tweet of mine, but like I'm really just reading the retweet um, <clears throat> or the original tweet. It's from Ottawa Public Health. So that's our public health wing here in Ottawa saying, we admit sometimes wearing a mask in public isn't the most fashionable or comfortable choice, but some people wear Leafs jerseys. So yeah, just saying. Boom, <laughs> dunk. Just wild, out of nowhere dung from Ottawa. And we, we're a town with no personality. We have we are as vanilla and beige as possible. If, if yeah, yeah. beige had a like crazy friend, we would be nowhere near it. We, we, we're the beigest of the beige. It's so, so dead here in Ottawa. And this flavor, oh my God, attitude. It's amazing. I love it. I'm not even an Ottawa Senators fan, but this is amazing. Anytime we can get a dig in the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, I'll take it. It's uh, it's amazing, and all the the two hundred forty thousand sorry two thousand four hundred retweets, uh, just a bunch of Leafs fans just like, well, yeah, well, your owner's a piece of garbage. It's just and, and no one's having it. It's just awesome. So everyone everyone is dunking on the Leafs. It's amazing. It's sad that that has to be tweeted out though, because like we could probably. Admit, like, yeah, wearing a mask is, like, marginally annoying. But on the, like, the grander scale, can we just realize there's a lot more important things going on and that, like, a little piece of fabric that's maybe a little bit annoying is probably, like, should be the least of your worries right now? Yeah, absolutely. Did you see the one guy in Britain who, uh, like, oh, I don't like wearing a mask, so I invented this, like, plexiglass tube I put over my head? That, I don't like to throw this term around often, but... That guy is a loser. That you have to go out of your way to build like a freaking cone of silence, like out of Get Smart, that he's just chilling in by himself. So, such a D nozzle move. I hate it. 
Dean Nozzle. Uh, but like, and they ask him, like, do, uh, do you have any science behind this being like working? And he's like, no. no, of course not. It sounds stupid. What are you doing? There's a big hole on the top. How is it possibly going to work? I don't know. Maybe it just shoots it up or something. It, it's also just like if you sneeze, you're not you're not doing anything. You're not blocking it with your arm. It's going right, right into this nose barrier, like or whatever you want to call it. And it's going to yeah. be right there for everyone to see. It's uh, it's so annoying. It, it, that just really bothers me. Yeah. Wear the mask. Just wear a damn mask. You don't like the one you have? There are different options available. Go find a better one. Like, I, I have one that my wife made me. It's a little uncomfortable because the elastic keeps digging in my ear. But you know what? I'd do it anyways because I don't want to get this virus or give it to someone else. Yeah. I did. That was just me standing on the soapbox for, like, 15 <laughs> seconds. I had to do it because it, it's been bothering me. There's been people going um, – I saw on Twitter a bunch of videos of people like actually going in front of I don't know if it's Congress or some some form of government and like trying to make it so that you don't have to wear masks in establishments, which is just just wear a damn mask. Come on now. It's not that hard. It's not. No, it's really not. So that's going to do it for this episode uh just before we go we're gonna do a, f- a few plugs like always so wherever you're listening to this show if you could please make sure to uh subscribe give a rating and a review that really helps us out we appreciate it a lot you could also follow along with us on social media you can follow us on twitter at eyes on aisles fs my personal twitter is matt o'leary ny mitch is is at tlo mitch facebook is facebook.com slash eyes on aisles you could download our app Eyes on Isles available on iPhone or Android. You can visit the website if you prefer, eyesonisles.com. And as always, wherever you are. No, I already did that one. I got a... my brain's in a pretzel now. Uh, Patreon.com. That's what I wanted to talk about. Patreon. So if you head over there, patreon.com slash eyes on Isles, you can get for five bucks a month a mailbag show, which we're going to record right after this. Normally, you get post-game podcasts, but since we don't have games to talk about, instead, we are breaking down two additional topics a week. So we do a deep dive. We talked about on Monday, Barry Trotz's two years with the Islanders. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about something else. So if you want to see what that is, check it out. And uh, you get a couple live streams from Mitch a week. You get a newscast and a community of Islanders fans over there. It's really a great time, right, Mitch? It's a great, great time. Uh, it's a two hours. Well, it's not really two hours. It's, it's one hour on Tuesday, one hour on Sunday, and we're just going around rebuilding the aisles, shooting the hay, talking about the aisles, just doing whatever. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. So make sure to check that out if you can. That's going to do it for us on episode number 149. 150 coming at you next week. Crazy that we're at 150 already. But, it's uh, getting there, man. I can't wait. 150 is a big number. It definitely is. That's going to do it for us. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.